This is Valley Free Radio 103.3 FM. Stay tuned for Vegan Radio. Good morning, Northampton, Massachusetts. Welcome to another episode of Vegan Radio. The legend, the legendary co-host, Scotty, Derek, <laughs> and Megan. We're all here for you. If you have any questions, give us a call at 413-585-103.3 and we'll set you on track. Is that right, Scotty? 585-103.3. That's right. This is Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM. I'm your host, Wolfman Derek. We got Scotty Latain, Dave Warwick's favorite, <laughs> and Megan Shacklefall. Today on Vegan Radio, Liz Lovely from, uh, actually her name is Liz Holtz. I don't know who let this other vegan baker on. <laughs> I thought you guys would have a good rapport. Yeah, you can both talk about your uses of flowers. <clears throat> I'm in protest. I'm going to be in the corner in protest. I'm the only vegan baker on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, I don't think your microphone's working. Yeah, I think you're right, even though the cable is so beautiful. <laughs> why, not, why don't you try number four? I tried number four and it didn't work either. Well, it's because I didn't have it turned on. Oh. <laughs> Causing me trouble. Causing me no end of trouble. Oh, man, What's you're screwing sound? things up. Oh, I love that sound. Listen to it. It sounds... Scott, sounds stop it. Oops, sorry. I can't help it. I get... Oh, my God. Ah, uh, yes. This is it. We're yep. off, to oh. a, off to another amazing start. I love it. A beautiful new cable, and yet... Still, uh, I just won't touch nothing. We also have a re- <coughs> recording of, of Mark Bronstein, the author of Radical Vegetarianism, and 
the Sprout Garden, the companion cookbook. Um, and he's going to... That's a recording from the Northeastern Connecticut Vegetarian Society, unknown date and time, uh, about why dairy is dirty. Right, baby? That's right. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> It's almost like we're like we're eating dairy. Got a lot of phlegm going on here. <laughs> no, I was simi- uh, I was imitating the dairy phlegm throat. <laughs> oh. I did have some very um, I don't know a lot of coffee this morning. But a lot of coffee with soy milk. Yes, I went to that new place, the Green Bean, and it was really good. Oh, the Green Bean! I went there too. It just opened yesterday. Yeah. Downtown Northampton on Main Street, next to uh, Broadside Books. Yep. Where Sparky's used to be and Javanet, for those of you. Who've been here a while. Yep, they passed the first test. Yep, they have scrambled tofu and vegan pancakes. Oh, they have vegan pancakes? Well, it's a vegan corn cake. Yeah. Oh, like corn pancakes? It's pretty good, though. Mm, you know, uh, they're, a little, they're a little sweeter to start with, you know. Mm. I liked it. I didn't have one. <laughs> I but, skipped. Uh, I, knew, I knew Megan would be... Not happy. Oh, <laughs> come on. Just because we make vegan pancakes on our brunch thing doesn't mean everybody has to. It's just, I just like the old traditionals. I like them, I like the old traditionals vegan style. And it seems like when places come up with vegan stuff, sometimes they just can't have the old traditionals. And that's what I want, Scott. I, <laughs> I might have a fond feeling for vegan corn cakes because I went camping like once and, and you had across cakes. the country. And we like, that was pretty much all we ate was like cornmeal cooked in a like tin can. <laughs> <laughs> it still mm. tastes good to me today. <laughs> oh, the good old days. As long as it doesn't have that wow. burnt, like, yeah. That, that is not appealing. Right I do miss the smoky flavor, though. <laughs> oh, well, that's what you have to do sometimes. <laughs> so, what's going on on the show today? It's hard to please. She don't eat. Bacon. They do have bacon at the green beans, so. <laughs> I, wish, I wish they'd take that off their menu. She's one of them. She's so vague. <laughs> and that's all right. I love that song. Why does it only have to be 10 seconds long? Mm. Why? I don't know. I think it's better being 10 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as short as this one. Another fine product from Uranus. That's my favorite. <laughs> oh, Mama Daddy. Oh, oh sweet Mama and Daddy. that's just the beginning. Sweet Mama Daddy. Please help me now. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm going to get through another hour. <laughs> well, the good news is there's only 50 more minutes. Oh, fantastic. That's right. And half of it's going to be recorded and or called in. Hey, so. did you guys know that um, Hanukkah started? I did. A couple yes. days ago? Uh, Tuesday. I'm sorry. What, what does, what did, what it's is a it Jewish called? holiday, Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're a Gentile and you don't understand these things. I try to be Gentile. Um, <clears throat> does anyone know what Hanukkah is about? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to tell us, aren't you, kid? Isn't there like a light or a lantern or something? Uh, it's the first uh, recorded celebration of religious freedom taking place when Jews regained possession of their temple ah. and vanquished their Syrian oppressors. The Jews removed all their Greek idols and 
devoted themselves to cleaning out all traces of their oppressors. They had their temple back, and they um, cleaned it out mm-hmm. of all the traces of their Syrian oppressors. And then the large menorah, or candelabra, once again stood proudly in its place in the open court. What's Hanukkah with a vegan touch? And then they touch? searched through the ruins <laughs> to find the holy olive oil to relight their eternal light that even to this day always hangs above the altar. Unfortunately, they found a single cruse of unconsecrated of consecrated oil and relit the eternal light, even though there was only enough oil to last a single day. It but then burned for eight a days. A miracle happened. What? Burned for eight days. Yeah. Wow. Burned for eight days on one day's worth of oil. That's amazing. That's a, that's it's like, it's like almost the vegan as, bus. as amazing as uh, when Jesus made all those fishes into more fishes and loaves and turned the bread to wine. That was all pure math, though. <laughs> Seven, twelve. You know, you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I just I'm mentioning this because I found some. Uh, Why are you mentioning this? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, you know, um, traditionally yeah. the the Jewish holiday meals are full of um, dairy products and uh, chopped liver and things like that. <clears throat> but, but we uh, know some we know some um, vegan practicing Jews. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to let our listeners know I'm gonna have on uh, Vegan Radio show notes at veganradio.com a um, couple links to different Hanukkah recipes. Uh, vegan style. They're confronted with having to go to a, some kind of Jewish meal. Some kind of Jewish meal. Most of, my, most of my best friends are Jewish, so that's true. And I'm an honorary member of the tribe myself. <laughs> uh, actually, and and <laughs> really? we, I think as we've made clear on this show, um, yes. you got to just pretty much avoid beef, and uh, because it's just not. Even though it's called kosher, you you can look and you can find out that they're not really doing it quite so nicely. Yeah. Uh, so just avoid it. <laughs> yeah, that's if our you go excuse. vegan, you don't have to worry about all the kosher issues. Yeah, you'd always be kosher, right? And and yeah, for some reason, people associate the word kosher with humane, and I'm not sure why. But you well, there is a, there is um, special rituals they do to the animals to kill them, which tend, right, but, tend to be less humane. But right, which I think in right. spirit is meant to honor the animal. You know, kind of in the same way that say the American Indians would honor their. You know, just before they would go out and put arrows in their buffalo, they would, right. you know, do a they ritual to honor them and to do empathize. Prayer. Yeah, you got to be empathetic. You know. Yeah, when I kill people, I usually do a little ritual first. <laughs> so it's unfortunate that you know, like obviously, the spirit of the intent of that just doesn't translate well into factory situations. No. Uh, as you can well imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do anything humanely at. Yeah. A hundred miles an hour. My my saying is that the impersonal approach never works. Hmm. So. So, work anyway, on the work on the personal approach. This show, um, I didn't really <laughs> prepare very well, but, uh, <laughs> but we're. But I did. But I we're did chugging mention, along, anyways. Megan, that we had an email where they said that your laughter almost blew out their eardrums. Oh, I got that email. What and am I said, supposed to do? They said you should move your head away from the microphone when you laugh. Uh. <laughs> so kind of, so okay. kind of lean your kind of lean your head back while you cackle. You know. Um, Can you do that? I can try. I know I'm so funny that sometimes you just spontaneously explode into laughter and mm-hmm. you can't control it. I'm but, sure she laughs at me much more than you. But <laughs> if you feel See? if you feel laughter coming on, I think you should uh, just back up a little. Just back up a little. And for our podcast listeners, we'll just sort of adjust things. I try to adjust things, but that's a lot more work for me. Oh. I think this is all <laughs> prejudice against my. Do you think there's some kind of filter they make? Booming that, voice. Like, <laughs> they probably. It's called actually. Um, if you'd use uh, compression, a shackle that'll, that'll filter. That'll do it. You know. And our, uh, if anyone has any other ideas, please write us at 
So anyway, <laughs> today we have Liz Lovely. Um, I'm sure most vegans out there have tried Liz Lovely cookies. They're very good. Um, as far as packaged cookies go, I think they're some of the best ones out there. Obviously, they don't compare to uh, <laughs> fresh Oh Sweet Mama's cookies, but good. But I think you guys can uh, you talk really about saved some yourself things. there. Yeah, <laughs> like didn't she recently get it? Oh, I don't want to jump ahead. Scott, is there any news stories that uh, we need to talk about before we? Start the interview process. The interview process. Let's take a look, shall we? I have a bunch of stories, but uh, none of them are very... They're just not hugely cool. Would somebody out there do something interesting? <laughs> yeah. We do <laughs> have God the... Uh, let's see. Uh, well, there's... Don't you know we need to talk about something on our vegan good, radio? Our good friend Dave Warwack, Warwack has entered Vegan Radio, epi- one of our episodes, I believe the one he was on, into evidence uh, in his case. I think really? Kind of, he yeah. entered it or the the school board entered it he against entered. him? Well, he entered it, I'm pretty sure. Really? He entered it for... What reason? What reason? Um, probably, I don't know. I think, no, because the school board gave them the <laughs> cease and desist that he had to take down all, everything from his website that mentioned the incident and stuff. And right. instead, he's doing the opposite and <laughs> going on vegan radio and talking he's doing, about it. And he's doing the George Costanza. He's <laughs> doing the opposite of what he should do. Are you sure you don't want to come up? I mean, it's only 9.30. I don't think we should. We don't know each other very well. Who are you, George Costanza? I'm the opposite of every guy you've ever met. Yeah, so he's uh, defiant. Mm. Defiant Dave, the wacky war whack. I like that guy. I'm glad we have our own little vegan celebrity now. <laughs> oh, we have Tanya Kay, too. She's our other favorite. Yep. <clears throat> but uh, David, Dave is one of the more brave activists out there, I think, in a yeah. sense. Uh, he's put himself out there. He's, he's like pretty much allowed himself to become, you know, a symbol. And, uh, you know, that's and it's great. He's drawing a lot of attention to this uh, issue. And I know a lot of people think he's a rather strange fellow. But, you know, I could, if only I could be half as strange, I would be a, I would be a much better artist myself. <laughs> I think you're half as strange. Uh, <laughs> thank you, man. I think you're doubly strange. <laughs> you're so kind. Now hang on there, Scotty Latane, because I know you like guitar. Warwack's going to play you some now. So the Illinois School Board and the um, District of uh, Foxborough, what is it? I don't know. Some Fox Grove. Fox Grove, yes. They um, went, took him to court, and he was given a protective order, which uh, told him that he had to remove stuff from his website, which is censorship. Article 7 of the other. So when he violated it, they wrote another brief to the court, and Article 7... Um, I don't know if it's called Article 7, but that sounds professional, doesn't it? it sounds very legal. <laughs> Point number seven on the on the list. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. On November 22nd, 2007, here, nine days after the hearing officer issued his ruling, Warwack blatantly violated the ruling by appearing on a radio talk show and discussing this case. Dun, dun, dun. The program was broadcast on Vegan Radio, WXOJLB <laughs> Northampton. <laughs> An archived copy of this interview can be accessed by a link on Warwack's website. A true and correct audio copy of the November 22, 2007 Warwack interview is recorded on the CD attached hereto as Exhibit C. Ooh. <laughs> That's pretty cool, huh? Wow. wow. Yeah. We're like, we're Ever evidence. We are true rebels now <laughs> we're somebody's at this point. Now. I don't know. <laughs> we're somebody's. We're in the court system. Yeah. Um, so if you, check, if you check the Vegan Radio blog on veganica.com, you'll see uh, I wrote a little about it. 
All right. About it. You know what I'm saying, Megan Schnackelfon? <laughs> I know you are loopy dupes today. I know. It's because I didn't prepare for this show. So I'm just <laughs> trying to fill up the airspace. You're on a, you're on a wing and a prayer here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> trying to fill up the airspace with something here. Oh, what can we what can we use here? Hmm. What can we use? How about a nice vegan song? A vegan song? I got one something of those. Something easy listening. Easy listening? Well, it's not quite easy listening, but oh. maybe it'll give me time to call Liz Lovely. I think I know what's coming. All right, you ready? I don't think you know what's coming. Do, no? You don't know what's coming, babe. You don't, you, don't, you don't know what's about Be. to hit you. Bear. That's your new nickname Be. for Scott. I was going to call Scott Baby. I know you were. <laughs> I think he's going to call me you're, Baby you're, Man. You're, Megan, <laughs> remember that thing about the laugh. Move back. Oh, move shoot. back. Move back. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my wow, God. Listen to horrible. that one. <laughs> it's mellifluous. What the heck is that? I, I don't like, know, Baby Man. I like, I like so I how you're Baby like, Man. Be. You like really caught yourself there. What about Brother Man? Brother Man. Let's not talk about Brother Man. Okay. Just up dancing, <laughs> dancing on the counters there. <laughs> That's uh, the noises dairy trucks keep circulating my house. That is very catchy. Liz, <laughs> are you there, Liz? I am here. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, guys? Liz Lovely. Great. Excellent, excellent. Actually, her name is Liz Holtz. <gasps> I'm going to call her Liz Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone calls me. It's okay. Yeah. Lucky. How'd That's you come fun. up with that name, Liz Lovely? <laughs> Uh, we, my husband and I used to be in music, and we had a friend who just called me Lovely Liz all the time, ah. which isn't really accurate, but... Oh, I'm looking at your picture. It's accurate. Changed it to Lovely Liz. And how long has your company been going? About five years now. Yeah. Five really long years. <laughs> five really long, <laughs> long years baking. Megan can yeah. relate, totally. Megan here, our co-host, is a, a vegan baker, too. She has her own little local business in Northampton, Mass. Oh, nice. Yep. It's called Oh Sweet Mamas. Nice. Yep. So I, I can I can connect on your long days and your long years. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I kind, of, I kind of regret opening, like, a nationally distributed product as opposed to, like, a local bakery. Really? Yeah, well, that's same. always the it's, it's the a same struggle thing every week, you know. Tell us what you love about your business. Uh, what I love about my business is 
I really get to do what I believe in, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, pretty incredible in today's world. And I get to come in every day, and I get to work with really cool people. And it's definitely not anything that I could just go out and, you know, get a job doing. And, you know, you, I, I get to make people be vegan here. Yay! <laughs> I get to control their little, you know, world for, you know, the 40 hours they're here. Right. How many employees do you have? I only have three employees right now, which is pretty small. But And where in, you're in Vermont? We're in Vermont in Waitsfield next to uh, the Ski Slope Sugar Bush. And what what part of Vermont is that like? It's like between probably everyone knows Burlington. It's between yep. Burlington and Montpelier, a little south. Okay. It's like a half hour from Burlington. So you're up in northern Vermont. Yeah. And you started? Did you start out in your kitchen? I started out at my house in Philadelphia, actually. Wow. And we, you know, we sort of grew the business there enough that we could get distribution. Mm-hmm. And then we realized. We had to shut down because the, we had we used a lot of chocolate and it was going to melt over the summer, <laughs> and the distribution didn't start till September. So we're like, oh, we have to shut down. And then we thought we don't really want to stay in Philadelphia forever. So now's our chance to move, and so we restarted up here, which is wow, that's a great. crazy lifestyle change. So is your husband as involved in the business as you? Yeah, he is the other half. He does you know sales and marketing and web stuff and. And um, he doesn't bake at all. He hates to bake. <laughs> I, I do make him bake once in a while, and he hates it. Uh, but he loves the the techie stuff. And was your plan always to get distribution? Were you like, I'm gonna, we're going to start the small business, but the ultimate goal is world domination? <laughs> is I think oh, that was Dan's way, way. plan. <laughs> And again, like my plan was, oh, I'll just make a job for myself and I'll drive it around my little pickup truck. You know, I'll get like four stores or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is he he's a visionary, it bigger and bigger, thinking, well, if you're going to change what people think about being vegan, you got to do that on a, you know, a big level. Right. And I don't really think that way. I just think in terms of, you know, making a good product and the everyday to day sort of stuff. So we have different intentions. Right. <laughs> So how but wide, now there's uh, no going back, I don't think. <clears throat> so how widely are you getting distributed now? We're distributed um, the whole way down to Florida and over to California. Wow. The only area we're not in is the Colorado area. Huh. Those Coloradans, they're always the last. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Texas, I mean, we can kind of, you know, give or take them. But. <laughs> so, so, oh. Something that I noticed, um, I think, the last time I looked at your ingredients is that you always use I you use a lot of organic ingredients or is yeah. it is it all and that you use fair trade chocolate which um is that true? We were just like using organic ingredients but this year we got certified. Mm-hmm. We're certified organic and fair trade certified. So awesome. everything that we can get fair trade certified we do um like the sugars and molasses and chocolate. That's great. That was a big leap for us this year. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's hard. Do you find it a struggle to have, like, everything organic and, and as much fair trade as possible and then actually still make a profit? It, it is hard. I think also because we're, the, you know, the vegan thing is a one step harder because I was using Earth Balance. Everyone knows Earth Balance. And I, as much as I called them and tried to bug them to make the, the organic bread not whipped. Not whipped. You guys know it's whipped. 
Mm. I can't use that. And so they kept saying, oh, we're going to switch, we're going to switch. So I held off and held off. And finally, I was like, you guys are never going to switch. So, and I have to order some crazy amount to really make them do it for me. (laughs) So I had to abandon some of the stuff that I really thought made the product good. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we went to um, organic palm fruit oil, which I think is better for you anyway. But Mm. And it improved the product overall. It made it more stable. Um, so I just, it was weird. It was a weird transition because I'd really used like egg replacer. You guys probably use that. All yeah. right. Um, we had to abandon that because it's, it can't yeah. be certified organic. It's not on the organic accepted list. If huh. you need to get something on that list, it takes right. like two years. So what did you switch over to? We stopped using it. What And what did you start using as your egg replacer? We didn't. We had to change the way we made the cookies to make them turn out the same way, which wow. took me months. So insane. you did like like manipulation of baking powder and and yeah, manipulating all the ingredients, changing you know, the temperatures <laughs> of the ingredients. I know I'm like on my own Megan's personal taking notes over here. I, I <laughs> so yeah, no we, egg replacer powder. You better not divulge too much. I know I'm That's not going to tell you everything. But <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. So tell me about your distribution crazy. content. It's just one day we just were like, interesting oh, to me. Right. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's just interesting to me. If you're like you're not using egg replacer powder, but then you're. You're not necessarily putting something else in. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's fast. It's, it's fascinating to me as a baker, I have to tell you. <laughs> now, do you we have anything? out on that forever, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you should put Dan on here so me and Scott will have somebody to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, tell me, what kind of tools do you use in your, in your web development? Um, do you just have cookies at this point? or do Yeah, you have- we just have cookies. Um, there were some products we were trying to develop this year that never really made it out. Like we wanted to put out a line. It started sort of as like um, a snack. It's sort of like granola energy bar-ish, but I never really intended it to be that. It's sort of like a, it's called Magic Crunch, but it never made it out. So that still might be on the horizon. I like the sound of it. It's, it's cool. <laughs> Derek makes some magic crunch too. It's yeah, a little different though. I call them bliss balls. But could you tell us what your cookie line is at this point? Sure. We have five cookies. We have cowboy and cowgirl, which are both chocolate chip cookies, but cowgirls like chocolate chip cookie dough, and cowboys oatmeal ra- or oatmeal oatmeal walnut chocolate chip, and then we have peanut butter, which has chocolate on the bottom and the top. Oh, and what's in the middle? Just peanut oh, butter. peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Mocha Damia Mountain is a coffee cookie with macadamia nuts uh-huh. and lots of chocolate as well. I don't remember. Those that. are two of my favorite that's things. A, right that's there. That's a new one. And you're not is that doing your newest. Oh, what? too many questions. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't hear them all. What? Is that the macadamia one your new, latest? Yeah, or? that's our latest one. Um, and then we the last one is the ginger snapdragon. Yeah, ginger snapdragon. We're coming out with a triple chocolate, which right now is quadruple chocolate, which might be too much chocolate. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> You're gonna have. Wait, like I'm a trying to count how many chocolates. Could you do a, could you do a quadruple have, peanut butter one? That would be good. <laughs> you'll have like a chocolate cookie with chocolate chips coated in chocolate or yeah, something. Yeah, that's sort of where Whoa. I am right now. Don't forget to use fr- chocolate sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds intense. And there's melted chocolate in it. So Whoa. it's a little too dark right now. I'm in the works of that, but and you I might not even be able to see it at this point. So I can only like <laughs> really handle a small amount of it. 
The first time I made it, I got a migraine. I was like, this is a lot of chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Too much, maybe. I think maybe you should take out some chocolate and put uh, espresso in there. Oh, yes, my God. But that's mocha. See, we have that. Ah. Oh, you do? Yeah. The mochadamia. All right. You're going to have to send Vegan Radio a sample of all your cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> we'll test them on, on the on the web for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll test awesome. them right here on the air. <laughs> you could just see it. If I had thought of that ahead, you guys could be eating them right now. I know. I know. It would be so much better if this show, if we, you could hear us chewing in the background. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, mm. So you were uh, recently on Martha Stewart, I saw on your website? <laughs> yeah, Martha Stewart Radio. Was that I, before she was out of jail? Or? I didn't get to talk to Martha Stewart, Oh, although my mom thought that I did, but no. Uh, then I told her, and she was disappointed. <laughs> it was uh-huh. just a woman who interviews on her satellite radio. So. Uh, oh, that's weird. I, th- so I, thought, I thought it was Martha when no, I listened sorry. to it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, You mom. listened to it? I did listen to it, yeah. You did? Yeah, so I know a few factoids. My mom goes, that doesn't sound like Martha Stewart. <laughs> that was my thing. I was like, maybe Martha like, you know, started talking a little tougher after jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's in these cookies? Has a little ink when she comes out. Yeah, you know, she was working out in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing I know is uh, you recently got into Whole Foods, right? Uh, we started out in Whole Foods, actually. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, we, that was like our first customer was Whole Foods and it's been a battle, but we, I think we're almost in all the regions that we're distributed in the Whole Foods, mm. um, mostly in the bakery section. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And John Mackey's a vegan. So we're always trying to, uh, he's the owner of Whole Foods. We're always yeah. trying to get him. Supposedly cooking. vegan. But right. he's very. I heard he eats fish. Oh, he does. Well, we—it's like you There's get some controversy. If, yeah, you get little like rumors that he went. He was vegan for a while, right? And now he's like. And then that whole internet thing fish. where he had like some alternate ego. Oh, that was crazy. Personality oh, was on the internet, and he, he apologized was, for his astroturfing behaviors. <laughs> he was slandering the. What's that other one? The. Oh, uh, probably I don't know nature's. So. What's the I, other? You know, you gotta boats. wonder like what he does all day. If that's like what he was doing all day in his office, just like <laughs> doesn't have anything else to do. He's just like I'll create this other personality and take down Wild Oats. Yeah, funny. Right. I think a lot of people do that when they're at work and when they have a computer at their disposal. <laughs> 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 no doubt. Well, wonder I hear Wild Oats will do. Doing all day then. You gotta wonder. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's better than looking at porn or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you, I mean, you you sell to a lot of different places, and you only have three employees. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, that's... we've scaled it up so we have um, pretty large. Well, the part that we really had to automate. I don't know if you guys remember this, but we used to tie a tag on each cookie. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah, ask you about that. Yeah. So that was half of our day. Uh-huh. Whoa! And so recently, that's why we changed our packaging, and everyone was all, you know, pissed off at us. But I couldn't tie one more tag. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like six hours of tying tags. Oh. So they don't make a a robot that can do that. They don't. But uh-huh. everyone we knew in the industry was like, if you can invent a machine that ties tags, you could be a millionaire. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone wanted to know how we were doing it. And we we're like, we're doing it by hand, and they're like, oh, bummer. Mm. So we had to change that process, and now it only takes us an hour to package. Wow. So now we can make a lot more cookies. Do you get a lot of people, like a lot of emails and a lot of feedback saying, you know, 
because of your cookies, I've changed my mind about veganism and like, wow, this, you know, you got, you, you are putting out a product that's really high quality. I had no idea vegan products could be like this. Absolutely. On and on. Every day. Every day. I'd say more, I'd say more non-vegans email us than vegans. Oh, great. Like people just saying, I, I couldn't even believe this was vegan or, you know, I don't even care that it's vegan. I just think it's awesome, which I think is is a weird thing, but I think it's awesome that people don't care. Well, it's half the battle just, like, getting people eating vegan food right. and thinking that it's great. It in their mouths. Like, yeah, demo exactly. People are like, I don't know. I know. And so a lot of times we won't say anything, and then they'll – that's why we put vegan on the back of the package now. Right. Because we kind of want to trick people into putting it in their yeah. mouths first. Sometimes you got to <laughs> do that because – some yeah, people have put out some do. really bad vegan baked goods, and you gotta you gotta <clears throat> counteract it. Yeah, yeah, we gotta counteract all the bad stuff that was put out in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Still, even in the two thousands. Still today. Well, yeah. Usually now it's like non-vegans who are trying to make vegan stuff that is yeah you know vegan, wheat-free, sugar-free, uh, flavor-free food. You know <laughs> that can appeal to any anyone of any persuasion, and then. Yeah, I get a lot of that, too. You know, can you make it gluten-free and sugar-free? And I'm like, look, I, I got this far. This is like, yeah. I can't make something out of nothing. <laughs> you know, and if maybe if you can't eat anything, maybe you should just stick to vegetables. I mean, not to be rude to people, but I can't, like, I, I don't know. I don't have yeah. a beanie. I can't make you cardboard can't, into, like, you can't, awesome. You can't cater to, <laughs> cater to everybody. Yeah, and, and the sugar thing, we do get that, like, that we're sugared people... And, you know, I put sugar and I think that it's a cookie. It's covered in chocolate. It's going to be fattening and sugary and it's supposed to taste normal. (laughs) (laughs) I can't make it out of paper. I hear you. So do you do any other kind of vegan activism or is this pretty much your... You know, I I was like scared talking to you guys because I'm like, oh, I'm like a horrible vegan now. Because this is Uh, really all I do. (laughs) Well, this is Um, all we do. I... I don't That's have time not to true. do anything else, so, yeah. No, it's, and you, this is a full-time, it's a full-time thing. Yeah. No, full you're time doing and something then another full-time, and, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything else, Liz. <laughs> you're just Do fine. I get a pass? Because I <laughs> want that written down for myself. You, my you have passed the vegan police. Vegan, <laughs> vegan sure? radio certified. Yeah. You want to come see, like, how I eat and how I live, maybe, for a while? <laughs> yeah, maybe we could do a day in the life thing on you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How about Dan? What's he do? Uh, Dan, you know, Dan teeters. He teeters? He teeters. He, oh, Is it, he teeters, <laughs> te- teeters on, on with veganism. Teeters on veganism. It's, Uh-oh. You can't keep up with Dan. We're going to have to come have like, a word. You know, like Thanksgiving was vegan. But will Christmas be vegan for him? I don't know. Oh, mm, yeah. Dan. I mean. What's up? Yeah. Dan's rough. He tries so hard, and then he freaks out. Oh. Yeah. He tries again, and then he freaks it's out. Time for another trip to the sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, we need to like go on vacation. We're then. gonna kidnap him with our vegan bus. But I, see, then we drive past the cows every day because they're Vermont cow pasture. Right. Like, yeah. Does yeah, he go? Mmm, yummy. See that little cow? That's that's <laughs> who you ate. You see that? Oh. You, you had to club him over the head and then cut his head. I'd like go into horrible details like that and he can't take Oh, it. sometimes you mean he gets into even eating like animals. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he okay. teeters. He's a, he's a teeterer. Uh-oh. I'm outing him right now. But. Well, you just, just keep up. If, if you, you've got the truth, 
and uh, and the truth shall set Dan free. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just love him. No, I think I think it's he knows what he he just struggles. He's right. a guy who's doing the right thing with his life. But, you know, everyone's got their thing. Yeah, and he knows what he needs to do and hopefully he'll he'll get there eventually. Yeah. And it, I mean, when I was trying to go vegan, it took me like three years to go vegan. Yeah. I mean, back and forth. So it takes, I think it takes people a lot of times of, it's like quitting smoking. Yeah, (laughs) of course. You have to go back and back and back and back. Right. His heart's in the right place. Uh, Well, thank the goddess you're there, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what he'd be doing? Use your feminine wiles. (laughs) That's what I say. See, Dan and I are allergic to soy. Uh Uh-oh. So, so that's also part of the reason Dan struggles too. Is like not being a vegan who doesn't eat soy or really like chickpeas or anything. It's it's tough. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. hard to get him to eat amaranth all the time. Yeah, like how many plates of that? Quinoa. Oh yeah, quinoa. Well, there you go. Quinoa. Between amaranth and quinoa, you're set. <laughs> well, he could become a raw foodist. Yeah. They don't eat soy. That's yeah. true. Or beans, right? Well, they sprout them. Some raw foodists sprout grains, and others just don't eat them. Yeah, and our on our trip on the vegan bus, we had a sprouter. You did? Along with us. She was great. <laughs> Even though none of the sprouts turned out. <laughs> oh, didn't they? Oh. They could. <laughs> Plus, they smelled kind of funny. <laughs> Don't worry, Liz. We'll we'll send Dan a daily email. <laughs> oh, God. He's going to kill me. <laughs> Just kidding. The soy-free Just vegan. Kidding. Well, the, the, the main problem he's going to have is when our thousands of listeners start sending him harassing mail. But <laughs> yeah. It'll be all right. Oh, God. It'll die down after a couple of years, don't we? <laughs> Oh, well, is there any other uh, stuff you want to talk about while we have you on? I don't know, guys. I think that's about it. That's okay. the whole story. Um, that's the so, whole story. So Whole Foods is definitely a good place to find your stuff. Yes. And um, I, Liz, Our website. LizLovely.com. And I know I was at a wedding once where they had your cookies and they were like had little personalization on them. Do you guys still do that? Yep, we still do that. So if somebody's getting married and they want to have Liz Lovely cookies with the bride and groom, yeah, or groom and groom, or groom and groom, bride and bride, whatever it is. And what is your website, Liz? It's uh, LizLovely dot com. Okay. And if you can't find us at your favorite store, just let us know. Okay, Liz. Well, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, if you have another line of cookies coming out, let us know. I will, and I'm <laughs> going to send you guys some samples. Oh, you are, dude. Yeah. All right. Do you need an address? <laughs> <laughs> I probably can get on your website. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, just just email us if you can't find our address. I want. I, I want one of your new chocolate, 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 chocolates. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. If you have any like prototype cookies that you need us to test, <laughs> we'll, we'll always be here for you. All right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Well, have a great day. You Thanks, too, guys. Liz. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. 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 All right. Liz, lovely. Lovely. Liv, Liz Holt. She lives up to the name. She was a lovely guest. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Megan? We got 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 more minutes to kill. What I, are we going to talk I'm, about? I'm wondering if you're okay. Am I okay? Yeah. Last time I checked. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did get a little bit of a late start, and uh, I know we've got that 15-minute interview we recorded. Mark Bronstein talking at the Northern Northeastern Connecticut Vegetarian Society. Did you guys know that Connecticut has, like, 50 vegetarian societies. It has, it's like the smallest state. I think it has two. <laughs> wow, it's a mecca. I think it's two. No, isn't there like North, northern Connecticut, northeastern Connecticut, southeastern Connecticut, middle Connecticut, 
and uh, Midwestern Connecticut. There's a few of them. You're really, you're uh. really <laughs> taking liberties here, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Mark Bronstein, who wrote the book Radical Vegetarianism and also has a cookbook called The Sprout Garden. Vegan Radio. There's, of course, small controversy concerning whether or not humans are intended to eat you know, meat or whatever. But there's even greater controversies within the vegetarian community, maybe not so now these days, but 20, 30 years ago, as to are milk, eggs, and honey, which are animal products, are they suitable for a vegetarian diet? You know, should we even consider ourselves vegetarian if we eat those animal products? You know? So you know, that's, uh, I think, a very crucial issue to consider. And today, of course, is considering just milk. Basically taking for granted that we all understand the tenets of why we and, uh, and others wouldn't want to eat meat. And that's you know, for both the ethical and the nutritional uh, concerns. And that's how I'll be addressing milk as well. All right? So in terms of nutrition, you know, I first have to ask, what is it? You know, is it animal, vegetable, or mineral? It's kind of like all three. Because what comes from an animal comes closer to being an animal than what comes from a plant, all right? And, you know, nutritionally, it has the same, uh, in terms of animal protein, it has the same virtues or, or vices that other animal protein we think of does have. So really, um, like, for instance, the China study, which you may know about, came out about two years ago and was a, a, at least a 20-year-long study to comparing Several populations, China, Britain, I think one was the United States. Has anyone read it? The auction? I know of it because yeah. uh, in the natural hygiene method, right. they're eating it, the, the doctor that was is prominent in that. Yep, yeah, right. So they're def- they were talking about animal protein. They weren't talking about meat. They weren't talking about milk. In China, no one drinks milk. Okay, Animal protein, all right, which is meat, milk, eggs, all right, fish. So that's the real, the broad sense. And in fact... You know, I think like eggs, it's nothing more than a chicken, a little chicken with the bone on the outside instead of the inside. And nutritionally, you still have to secrete the same enzymes to digest egg as you would have to digest meat. So there's not much of a difference as far as our own human body digestive tract is concerned. All right? And I think a lot of milk is the same way. You're still going to be needing to secrete the same digestive enzymes to digest that milk if we're in its solid form not you know, liquid the way it's usually eaten, you know, or, of course, as, as cheese, as you would meat. So, you know, there's not really a whole lot of difference. And a, a big mistake that most vegetarians, when they first become vegetarians, from being more conventional carnivores or omnivores, which is probably a more accurate term, is to substitute everything that they use to eat meat, they substitute it with milk or dairy products. And that's what I did. And guess what? I was getting colds more often as a vegetarian than it was as an omnivore. And I think that indicates the fact that there really was no difference in my diet. In fact, if anything, it was for the worse. So that's that's the old days of vegetarianism, this high milk part of the component of of the meal. Only in the United States and only in Canada, New Zealand, Australia, Argentina, and um, Uruguay, which are the six major beef-producing countries of the world, only here do we eat meat every day. And it's like the rest of the world that are carnivores, omnivores, 
meat is a luxury eaten once a week, you know, more like the, the family gathering on Sunday or, or you know, Friday night meal of Jews. If they eat meat once a week, they have it for their Friday night dinner, right? And the same thing like a Sunday family gathering. Um, the rest of the world eats meat in little bits and pieces in the, the meal, not the entire big chunk slab on the plate every day or every meal. And vegetarians, when they become vegetarians for the first time, they're basically putting milk into every meal, which is just putting meat into every meal where it wasn't. And that's you know, a big mistake. Because you've know? got to make definitions. There's one the dairy, eating dairy once a week. Maybe that's no, no problem. You know? But once a day, I think there's no difference between that and a, and a vegan diet, vegan diet. All right? um, I think milk, you know, it's white. All right? And I think it's, if you look at it chemically, it's not much different than blood. It's just sort of been converted by mammary glands from milk into from blood into milk, you know, um, and just you know the Maasai, for instance, do indeed drink the blood from their cattle, in addition to the milk, you know. It says it right there, as far as I'm concerned, about what what it's all about. So um, I think a vegetarian drinking milk, eating dairy products, is really sort of imitating the very thing they want to get away from and you know nowadays we, we've gone a long way in this country in terms of our definitions and our um, nutritional information regarding vegetarianism and you know I'm talking 30 years ago when I first became one you know I was vegetarian in the 60s it was milk everything dairy all, all vegetarians I ever met then were all eating dairy galore and health was never really any different than before or after you know I think in terms of health you do see a difference once you cut out all animal protein. Right? And I mean that in myself and others like myself who I know, nearly lifelong vegetarians. There's a big change when you cut out the, the animal protein altogether. For instance, just one, you know, and I mentioned, I was getting colds like crazy when I was drinking milk all the time as a vegetarian. As soon as I stopped, I stopped getting colds. And I get colds like once every two or three years now. And that's it. I never get the flu, right? And there's theories, like um, some people say that mucus is not the product of the cold, but the cause of the cold. That it's your body's way of expelling all this extra mucus is, gets a cold to do that, all right? And some people will say that milk and, and uh, dairy products are very high mucus formers, and we eat that, and it creates, we end up creating mucus ourselves, you know, expelling it. Well, that can also be manifested as an allergy. If you have an allergy to a food, you'll, you eat that. That's the first thing you start to do. You get like a cold-like symptom, only for the first hour or two after eating it. You know? And I see that all the time. I see that when people sit down, they're all fine. As soon as they start to eat something, you know, the tissues come out, the napkins have to blow their nose. You know, it's a really strange thing, but you know, keep an eye on that in people sometimes, particularly when I see them... Um, having like donuts or pastries, you know, these are, this has got white flour in it, white sugar, white milk, white eggs, right? And they eat that and I just see immediately it's a change that occurs to them. Temporary, you know, so they never make any connection, right? It's only going to be half an hour, an hour that you know, blowing your nose and it's dripping or whatever it is, you know, or you're going to try it in yourself. Basically, if you do drink milk, do an experiment. Stop drinking it for just one month. That's all. Just one month. And go back and see what happens that first meal of, of dairy products. Or if you stopped having it all together for a year, 
and you have it just as an experiment once, and I'll tell you exactly what will happen. You'll vomit and you'll have diarrhea, right? That's an allergic reaction. Why is that? Because after about a year of no longer eating milk products, you stop secreting the enzyme called lactate, lactase, which you secrete in order to digest lactose, milk sugar, okay? So you no longer have the ability to digest milk. And that's why once you become a vegan, vegan, you can't go back to eating it once in a while. I don't know how raw it did. It's like, you know, it's just almost a, a physical impossibility because you will immediately get sick. And you'll, you know, build up the tolerance and start secreting the enzyme again after a while. And then you won't get sick again. But, you know, obviously it's the body's way of telling us there's something going on. What's going on? It's a very natural for mammals, a very natural development that occurs. You examine every other mammal species other than our own and the species that we've domesticated. They do not consume milk past the age of weaning from the mother. Never touch it again. Unless maybe it's like a carnivore, like a, a lion in the savanna and, and fell the zebra and eats the organs first. First thing they go for is the stomach you know, and other t- organs inside. And unless they eat the mammary gland, then they're drinking the milk along with it, but that's not their main goal. Right? Um, so it's just a natural process. We need to leave that behind, as every other mammal has learned, has does. They don't have to learn to do it. They do it. Right? And really, if you were to you know, do that experiment, you'd, in other words, do the natural thing, is stop drinking milk except from your own species as you were a child, you know, which is most people who do um, nurse their, most mothers who nurse their children, rarely if ever go past about two years. All right? um, and really, after that point, we are not intended to consume dairy products. But why do we? Well, let's look at our history as humans on this planet. We've only been consuming dairy products for a mere 5,000 years, which is nothing compared to our development you know, into human beings. It takes millions of years. How do we know that? 5,000 years because we've only been domesticating animals for 10,000 years, which began with chickens. And 5,000 years ago is when we first began domesticating milk-bearing mammals, right? cows, goats, and sheep. Right? from archaeology? Yeah. Like, for instance, look at ancient Egypt. All right? So our first historic evidence in the hieroglyphics, which are mostly pictorial, we see that for the first time we have evidence of cows being raised for the milk. All right? And in fact, um, Queen Hatshepsut in her um, Temple of Hathor, you see the queen um, depicted drinking the milk of a, a, a cow goddess, and how is she drinking it? She's bending down on her hands and knees, suckling at the teeth, you know, the mammary gland, underneath the cow, which is the natural way of drinking milk, right? If milk were natural, naturally consumed, if it's natural at all, if it's naturally consumed, we should consume it in its natural form, which is getting down on her hands and knees and drinking it from, right from the mother cow, right? Of course, the thought of it would, I'm sure, make us most, most of us pretty nauseated. No? You th- <laughs> What's the nod no? No, I mean, it's fresher. Fresh food is always better. Yeah. But the thought of actually sucking from the, the teat of a cow, if we were to consume the milk of another mammal, the one that would be most suitable for us would be gorillas. All right? 
Imagine Gorilla Milk marketed in Little Mantic Food Co-op. <laughs> and, you know, imagine suckling from the breast of a gorilla. I mean, that's, that's kind of weird. But, I mean, that's how... If we can see outside ourselves, you know, outside of this culture, and look at our own culture from, let's say, the perspective of a Chinaman, we think it's really weird drinking milk. I mean, that's the, a huge yuck factor for Asian people. And in fact, you know, our culture is now, I mentioned 5,000 years, but that's not even all of humans. That's only a small proportion. Throughout all of North and South America, before the pre-invasion by Caucasian Europeans, they never drank any milk from another species. All of Africa, except um, Eastern Africa, right? They never, and the very southernmost, they never drank any milk either. Pockets of the Middle East did. Southern and Central Europe did, but not, I mean, Northern and Central Europe, but not really Southern Europe. And then the whole of Asia, except for Northern India, didn't drink milk, right? And you have, in Asia today, only post-1945, to have um, dairy products introduced into some of their diet, China, Japan, Southeast Asia. But really, until 1945, there was zero milk in any of their cuisines. And in fact, any traditional cuisine served in this country under those names, except for Indian, you know, if it's Asian, there's no milk products at all. Right? And that's the way it always has been until 1945. Plus, the quantity that these cultures have been consuming it only increased into this huge, you know, almost every meal, but at least every day, only in the 20th century because of refrigeration, pasteurization. You know, one of the, I think, big mistakes that we have made as a Western culture is indeed introducing cow's milk into our diet because cow's milk being meant for a cow is intended to produce a body. Its rate of growth is in the body, all right? It, it, it builds its bones very rapidly. You know, from the time a calf is born to when it becomes a, a full-size cow, I'm guessing is about a year. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. Approximately. Or no more than two. Okay. I mean, what about humans? It takes us 15 years to reach our full biological growth, all right? We're not meant to grow our bodies quickly. We're meant to grow our brains quickly. A child's, an infant's head is proportionally to the body. is much larger. The brain is much larger to the, proportionally to the body, you know, as it's growing. And then, you know, things start you know, evening out and the body starts catching up. Well, what's going on is... You know, human milk is much higher in phosphorus than cow's milk. Cow's milk is much higher in calcium than human milk. Why is that? Because cows produce bodies very rapidly, which means bones. Humans are producing their head and their brain very rapidly, which means phosphorus. All right? So there's a, you know, a really important thing, distinguishing factor right there. So what's going on with Western humans? We have indeed grown larger and larger compared to Japanese or Chinese pre-1945. You could see it right there. They never drank milk of a species other than their own. Their body size remained small. And of course, we have this very warped Western vision that bigger is better, right? Where does that come from? I don't know. That's a whole other story. But is a bigger body better than a smaller body? In, in this case, no, because I think it's at the expense of a bigger brain. So in, in essence, Western humans have been growing bigger and bigger bodies, but proportionally smaller and smaller brains. American Indians never drank milk. 
All right. Until when? You know, until the, the 20th century. Yeah. And why is that? Lactose intolerance. It's true of the rest of the world. You know, they can't drink it. Lactose intolerance is a natural thing. It happens to us when we stop drinking ourselves. We get sick if we were. Initially, it would just be you know, diarrhea and vomiting, you know, which is enough. You know. um, as an experiment, after not drinking milk, eating dairy products for two years, I was living with a bunch of vegetarian friends. You know, this is my college days and living off campus. And they were all dairy-eating vegetarians. So I figured, you know, for the sake of domestic tranquility, I'll go back to drinking milk, you know. From the very moment, I, I'm sure it was psychological too, but from the very moment I came down with a terrible cold, and I had a terrible cold for the next two weeks after that, that I was trying to introduce milk back into the diet. And then they all said, you know, we can do without it. And, and then I said, great. We all agreed not to do dairy products in the house. I stopped eating it immediately. My cold immediately went away. And you're listening to www.veganradio.com. Yeah. <laughs> Those W's. They keep uh, multiplying. WXRJLP, Northampton, 103.3 FM. Valley Free Radio. Now, if that, if that last little interview didn't get a couple people incensed, I don't know what will. Why? <laughs> well, there might not be a couple people listening. My brain. <laughs> I know, really. Not after your little show today. <laughs> oh, come now. That was great. I love that. That was a good, uh, very lengthy discussion of yeah. some of the issues of milk. And uh, it's certainly uh, important to know. And he didn't get into it. But the growth factors in milk uh, do cause your cells to go into growth mode when you drink it. And uh, it can cause uh, all kinds of uh, organs and things to uh, kind of develop in ways that ain't so good. Freak and out. leading towards uh, cancers and things like that, it can exacerbate some of those uh, issues. And also um, brings on puberty at an earlier age, which yeah. has been a trend in um, Western civilization since, you know, especially since factory farming and more and more hormones going into milk. Cow's milk always already has more naturally occurring hormones than we need, and then we've increased that amount by adding hormones and also making the cows grow faster. Right, and of course, early onset menarche also leads to a higher risk of breast cancer later in life. Menarche. Menarche. Men are the key, Scott. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what it means, the man. The key to what? What does it mean phonetically? <laughs> All right. The key to progress. <laughs> so that was very cool. Um, anyhow, uh, I'm obviously really into that interview. Yeah, there's some, some interesting things he said that you don't normally hear in the vegan dairy propaganda. Yeah, and here we are in cold and flu season now, so uh, those of you who are getting hit, and I know there's some something going around right now, it's going to hit you pretty soon. There is? There is. I haven't been sick in so long, I forgot what it feels like. There is. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's got some kind of nasty flu, cold, she's in England, I'm sure that's uh, coming this way. Claire, were you drinking dairy in England? Uh, no. She's been cheating. Colin, Colin. No. no, I think she might have had a little alcohol and it might have depressed her immune alcohol. system. Alcohol? Yeah, I know. Oh, man. But, you know. She's on a bad pass, Scott. You better get over there. I don't have anything to do with the bloody meat industry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> bloody, bloody meat industry. <laughs> oh, you'll make it on for sure. Nothing, nothing, You're nothing. You're bumper. <laughs> bloody people. <laughs> Is that good? Wow. That's awesome. You're on. You're on vegan radio. Go, go, go. If we brought our t-shirts with it, with us, I would have given you a free one oh. for that. Because <laughs> I, I saw your t-shirt. If I you want to trade, I will. Oh, I can't. Because this is Jack Sparrow. <laughs> I 
guess it's Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Well, yeah. you can always he's go. You know, you know, <laughs> he's everybody's boyfriend. He's my boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> uh, so you're already taken. I'm taken. That's sad. <laughs> I'm taken. I'm spoken for. Yes. Yes. Gentlemen, my lady, you will always remember this as the day that you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. Hi, I'm Sarah Kramer from GoVegan.net, and you're listening to Vegan Radio. 